Hey, my name is Dan, and this is More Than Bread. More Than Bread is a, a podcast that treasures the Word of God. I, I'm a Bible reader, a pastor, and, and I've devoted a significant portion of my life to the Word of God. I, I've seen the way that it, it speaks into souls and shapes hearts. So for a moment today, before we dive into the reading, I'd, I'd like you to remember a favorite meal. For example, I remember a meal with my grandma, little grandma, we called her. We had big grandma and grandpa and little grandma and grandpa, and and it was it was because of their size and little grandma. We were visiting her in California. I couldn't have been more than eight or nine years old. I, I was the first one up after her, and and so she wanted to fix me breakfast. So I sat there in her kitchen with her, just the two of us. She asked what I wanted. I said eggs. She said what kind. I said I don't know. I can't make up my mind. So she made me a half dozen eggs, each one prepared differently. That was a great moment, and. And it's etched in my mind, but in some ways, maybe in the main way, it had less to do with the food and more to do with who I was with. That's part of what we gain from our time in the Word. We need more than bread because we need moments with God, moments to hear His voice. And and that often happens, or maybe more often happens, at least when we dive into Scripture. I I think this is what the psalmist meant in Psalm 119, 103, when he wrote, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. When we dive into Scripture, we get more than bread. We get time with Jesus. In this current series of More Than Bread, we're diving into the Gospel of Mark, hanging out with Jesus, listening to his words, learning from his life, and leaning into his example and his calling. Remember, that's what we do. We listen, we learn, and we lean. We listen for the voice of God. We we learn what we can about Jesus and how to live life. And then we lean in. We lean into his example. We, we do what he calls us to do. This is episode number 76, and we're reading Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 28. That's where we're diving in this episode. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Now, now my words here, you need to understand in that culture, in that religious culture, fasting was one of the most critical, one of the most common, one of the most important spiritual disciplines they had. Most people fasted regularly two or three times a week. And so when Jesus' disciples were not fasting, and everybody, every other rabbi's followers were fasting. That that was kind of a big deal. So why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth, Jesus said, for the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. On one Sunday, one Sabbath day, excuse me, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? So my words again, you see there's some 
conflict here between these different groups of disciples, between Jesus and the Pharisees, because they're not doing life the way that the Pharisees teach their disciples to do life. They're not fasting regularly, and they're actually eating grain on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, haven't you read in the scriptures, verse 25, what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest, and he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So when you read the Gospels, if you read all four four of them, you soon realize that there are differences between all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are a lot of similarities as well, especially between Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those are called the synoptic Gospels. It kind of means the same. They all had similar sources, and there, there's passages that are very much the same, but John is, is more different from the other three. But, but they all choose different stories for different reasons, sometimes for different audiences. If you think about it, there's so many things that Jesus said and did that you couldn't come close to containing it all in a gospel that you could read in less than an hour. But it never hurts to ask why. Why did the author, in this case Mark, include these two moments in Jesus' life? Two moments early in the journey with his disciples where Jesus talks about two spiritual disciplines. The discipline of fasting and the discipline of Sabbath. And I think there's more than one reason, but let me give you two. I think from the very beginning, Mark wants us to know that Jesus wasn't like the other rabbis. He wasn't like the other religious leaders. He was a little bit twisted, <laughs> or, or at least that's what the other religious leaders thought. And, and you know, today, I, I think it's probably still true. Even as a pastor, I, I think I would have to say that Jesus probably wouldn't be like the other pastors, <laughs> not like many of the other religious leaders. He was a little bit twisted. I mean, fasting, the spiritual discipline of fasting was huge to the Jewish people. They had regular weekly fasts. If you didn't fast, there's no way you were serious about God. So when Jesus' disciples weren't fasting like John's disciples and the other religious leaders, the Pharisees, what people noticed, uh, people were talking like, what's up with Jesus? Same with the Sabbath, even more so. That was a biggie. There, there were so many rules that define the Sabbath, specifically rules defining what was and was not work. And and again, Jesus' followers, they're not doing it right. They're plucking grain on the Sabbath and eating. That's harvesting. That's meal prep. That's work. Come on, Jesus, what's up with that? You must not take your relationship with God seriously. But you know this, and you kind of probably expect me to say it, there was no one who took their relationship with God more seriously than Jesus. He just knew that rules and regulations wouldn't get anyone there. Let me say that again. He just knew that rules and regulations would not get anyone deeper into their relationship with God. So, so he redefined the spiritual disciplines. In essence, what he's saying in these two teachable moments is this. The goal is not to be spiritually disciplined. The goal is to let the disciplines draw us to God. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for people. If, if you're hungry, eat. It's not more holy to be hungry. It's more holy to set your heart on God, to be hungry for God. Following the rules won't bring you joy. It's the presence of Jesus that brings joy. 
Now, on the other hand, Jesus saw the value in the disciplines. There will come a time when you fast, he said. You, you will fast when you're missing my presence. And, and, and let me just say, uh, that, that's one of the most important reasons for fasting today. Jesus gave this as a reason. When you miss his presence, when the groom is gone, he said, when you miss the presence of Jesus, that's a good time to fast. And while you weren't made for the Sabbath, Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for you. Use it. Don't miss its value. So, so we might hit fasting again down the road. But for a moment, I, I just want to f- share a few thoughts on, on Sabbath. For most of us, the Sabbath is little more than a day off, right? In fact, for some of us, it's an optional day off. But for God, it's not really optional. In fact, it's so not optional that it was included in the Big Ten. You know, that bare minimum list of what it means to be a human, like don't steal, don't kill, don't lie or commit adultery. I remember a while back, I was sitting with a group of pastors and we were sharing how we were doing and and then praying for each other. And at some point, I realized that three of the pastors around the circle had shared some version of the too busy to take a day off story. I've been there. You know, that, yeah, doing okay, but really busy. Been about two weeks since I had a full day off, but but next week it's going to slow down. I'll get back into a better routine. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm not judging. I, I've been there and done that. But at some point I stopped and I, I said to the guys, can you imagine how any one of us would have responded if even one of us would have said something like, yeah, you know, I've been committing adultery lately, had to murder someone, been in a season where I just can't stop stealing stuff. But, you know, you know that, that's just how it goes. And I'm, I'm hoping next week I can get into a better routine. Now, I'm not saying that no one breaks the other nine commandments. But for the most part, if we do, we feel a little bit guilty. But number four, the Sabbath is the only one that we break like breaking it is a badge of honor. <laughs> Look at me. I'm busy. I get stuff done. People count on me. I'm all in. But in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, Moses describes the Sabbath as a day that is blessed by God and made holy. It says, he blessed the day and made it holy. Now, as an aside, I believe that Jesus gives us permission to choose any day as a Sabbath. Sabbath is a day that is blessed and holy. For as long as time continues, one day a week is blessed and holy. God says, I'm going to give you one day every week that is blessed and holy. What does it mean for that day to be blessed and holy? It's It's blessed and holy because God is in it. It's all about his presence. In fact, one reason why it's so hard to have a stop day, a day of rest, is because there's this hole in our soul that has not yet been filled, a hunger that cannot be satisfied, our heart's hunger for heaven. C.S. Lewis once wrote, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Were you made for another world? So what does that have to do with Sabbath, Dan? Well, what if the Sabbath day was meant to be a little taste of heaven? See, that's what I think. I think Sabbath was meant to be a little taste of heaven. I love how the prophet Isaiah describes it in Isaiah 58, verses 13 through 14. It says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Lord in everything you do and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. If you do this, the Lord will be your delight. Enjoy the Sabbath. Speak of it with delight, Isaiah said. Honor God. Set aside your own desires. If you do this, the Lord will be your delight. He says, I want to be your delight. 
I remember a few years ago studying the practice of Sabbath and pondering all the reasons why it might be important. At some point, the thought came to me, the Sabbath was meant to be a little taste of heaven. The Sabbath is one day a week meant to give us a little taste of heaven, one day of heaven on earth. And I'll be honest, the first time those words came out of my mouth, I thought, oh, that's good. Way to go, Dan. I've never read that. Never heard anyone say that. Good job. Of course, I wasn't even close to the first one with that thought. I found that the Jewish Midrash, written over a thousand years ago, contained the same idea. The Midrash says, when the Jewish people were gathered at Mount Sinai to receive the Torah, God told them that heaven would be their reward for keeping the commandments. The Jews asked God, how do we know that heaven is so great? (laughs) In other words, how about a sample? God knew that heaven is where we experience the pure pleasure of the infinite God, so he said, no problem. I'll send you a sample. We'll call it Shabbat, Sabbath, all in delight. This is our destination, the destination of those who follow Christ. This is our hope. This is the why of going all in. So let me ask you, would you like to taste test heaven? What if that's actually true? What if God wants to give us a weekly reminder of where we are heading? What if Sabbath is a weekly offer of a day of heaven on earth? What if God is saying, just choose one day, choose one day, don't work, don't follow your own desires, just delight in me. What would it look like to bring an element of heaven into a day? See, if Sabbath is a day of heaven on earth, what is it that makes heaven worth an eternity of days? It's Jesus. It's the the presence of Jesus. John Piper writes, the glory of heaven is not found in the lack of tears, but in the presence of the one who wipes our tears away. The glory of heaven isn't that we have a room prepared for us, but that the one who prepared our rooms is present. No tears, no cancer, no war, no orphans, no addiction is no good without Christ. So the spiritual disciplines like fasting and Sabbath They're not rules to be followed for the sake of following the rules. They are meant to be a pathway to the presence of Jesus. They aren't the goal. He is. Maybe that could be part of your path. Maybe part of leaning in for you is is to explore the Sabbath, to explore what it really looks like to have a day, not a day off, not even just a day of rest, but a day in the presence of God. Maybe for you it's fasting. What is it like for you to fast, to say to God, I I'm, I believe I'm hungry for you, but I don't know it. So I'm going to put all this other stuff away and just focus for a day. No eating. Every time I feel hungry, I'm going to be reminded that what I need more than anything, more than bread, is, is I need the words of God. Let me read that passage again from the message paraphrase. Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 21. The disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees made a practice of fasting. Some people confronted Jesus. Why do the followers of John and the Pharisees take on the discipline of fasting, but your followers don't? Jesus said, when you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skip skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. Later, you may need to pull in your belt, but not now. As long as the bride and the groom are with you, you have a good time. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. I love that. I love that description that Eugene Peterson makes. He says, this is kingdom come. 
He went on, verse 21, and said, No one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match, and you don't pour your wine into cracked bottles. And then on another day, a Sabbath day, Jesus was walking through a field of ripe grain. As his disciples made a path, they pulled off heads of grain, and the Pharisees told on them to Jesus, Look, your disciples are breaking Sabbath rules. Jesus said, Really? Haven't you ever read what David did when he was hungry, along with those who were with him? How he entered the sanctuary and ate fresh bread off the altar, holy bread, with the chief priest Abiathar right there watching, holy bread that no one but priests were allowed to eat, and he even gave it out to his companions. Then Jesus said, the Sabbath was made to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. The Son of Man is no yes man to the Sabbath. He's in charge. What is it that would cause you to lean in from this passage? Sabbath, fasting, presence of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray that in some way, shape, or form, maybe through a discipline like fasting or or Sabbath, or or even just being in your word, spending an extraordinary amount of time in your word, Jesus, would you make your presence known to us? I, I know that you're with us all the time. But but there are times where, uh, like the, the two people who are walking on the way to Emmaus after, after your death on the cross and after the resurrection, they don't know that you, you've been resurrected, but you opened up the scriptures to them. And they said, didn't our hearts burn while he opened the scriptures to us? Jesus, I, I pray for each person listening that that there will be moments where our hearts burn, that Moments where we know that we know that we know that we've been in your presence. Jesus, give us ears to hear your voice. Help us to find disciplines, to lean in, to do what you call us to do. Not, not just to do it, not, not for the sake of doing it, Jesus, but, but so that we would come into your presence. Jesus, I pray your presence upon everyone listening. We need you more than we know, Jesus. Open up your word to us. Come into our prayer. We invite you in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.